We're not going to be before you very long this morning. Coming from Romans, the sixth chapter. Talking about sin and grace. We'll start off um, on Romans 6 and 1. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Verse 4 says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like a Christ, as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. It says, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. It says, for he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. It says, for in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. 12 says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. This is Paul writing to the Romans, the Roman Jews, letting them know that sin should not be your boss no more. <laughs> Sin should not be the controlling force in your life. He's reminding them that Jesus suffered, bled, and died and got the victory over sin for us. Don't let sin rule your life anymore. We are living under grace. That was ushered in by the Lord Jesus Christ. In the fifth chapter of Romans, he reminds us about how by one man's disobedience, mm -hmm. sin reigned over many. Because of Adam's disobedience, many became sinners. 
But because the, of the obedience of one Jesus Christ, he ushered in a dispensation of grace, a period of grace, God's unmerited favor, favor shown towards the undeserving man. The Lord Jesus Christ made a way of escape for us. He made a way for us to get out of sin. He made a way for us to get out of sin's clutches. He made a way for us to overcome sin. How? He took the power away from it. Death is the conclusion of sin. The wages of sin is death. The Lord Jesus Christ came in this sinful flesh and took control of it. And they say he took the bull by the horns. He took the bull by the horns and, and took the sting out of it for us. We should not let sin reign. In that 6 and 1, he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It says, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? We are dead to sin. We should not be living in sin. You have to think that Paul was saying this. Jesus allowed Paul to write this because it was going on in the church. The saints were still allowing sin to reign. If it was going on then, it's going on now. We can't let sin be that, have that control over us. He goes on to tell, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. We, it says, as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. We're born in sin. We hear it all the time. We're born in sin. The scripture tells us that we were shaped in iniquity. It tells us that we go astray as soon as we be born speaking lies. We are born the wicked. But because of Jesus Christ, because he made a way for us, we should now walk in the newness of life. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that is born on this earth has a chance to walk in the newness of life. When Jesus told Nicodemus in the garden that every man, woman has to be born again. We have to be born again spiritually because the first physical death brought us into sin. He told him unless a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot see nor enter into the kingdom of God. We have to be, must be born again to walk in that newness of life, to not let sin control us anymore.
You know, we're born under that influence. We don't have to tell kids how to lie. You don't have to teach them how to steal. They take stuff they want. But we have to teach them the right things. The Lord Jesus Christ is trying to teach us the right things. He's trying to teach us how to live, not just exist. It's so sad. The Lord Jesus Christ has made a way for us to escape all this stuff. And there's so many that's not going to take advantage of it. That's not going to take advantage of his grace. That's not going to take advantage of the sacrifice he made for us. You see, unless you're born again, you're not really living. You're just existing. The scripture says to choose life. Choose life. Choose Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is life. He's the life giver. Jesus, the giver of life. He gives us physical life. He allows that egg and sperm cell to come, to come together and create a human. And then he breathes the breath of life, physical life. He gives us spiritual life when we recognize we are born in sin, disconnected from Jesus. When we repent of those sins and that sinful state, when we're baptized or, or buried with Jesus, going down in the water, coming up a new creature, and then calling on the name of Jesus. The scripture says, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They that call upon Jesus will receive the Holy Ghost. That's what the scripture says. It's not what we're making up. It's not some fairy tale. You have to experience Jesus for yourself. Paul is reminding the saints that we are dead to sin, but we should be alive to Jesus. We have to be dead to sin. We have to recognize sin for what it is. The enemy comes at us in the same ways he comes at everybody. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. It's been working well for thousands of years. He hasn't changed his tactics. We have to recognize sin for what it is. The scripture tells us to put on the whole arm of God. The scripture tells us to uh, look out for the fiery darts of the enemy. You can't do that by yourself. You can't do that without Jesus. We have to come out as the scripture says, to come out from among them. We have to be separate. Why? Because if you're engaging in sin or if you're spending your majority of your time around sinners, you know, you're going to fall into that trap. You know, we've seen it happen time and time again. Time and time again. 
That's why the scripture says, come out from among them. Come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. Come out from among them. And now that doesn't mean you can't witness the folk. But when we witness the folk, we're not in their huddle, you know, not in their group. You know, not doing what they're doing. Not going where they're going. We have to be different. The scripture says we are the called out. We are the called out. Jesus has called us out. He's called us from the world. He called us out to do a work for him. To be his witnesses. To be his witness. You don't have to be a preacher or a missionary or a choir member or a deacon or an usher to witness. The only requirement is you got to have Jesus. Anybody that's been repentant of their sins, been baptized in Jesus' name and received the Holy Ghost can tell someone, I know a man. That's what the Lord wants us to do. And some of the most powerful witness we have is by the life that we live. A lot of people won't listen to nothing you say, but they'll watch what you do. We have to live that life, saints. We have to live a life like we belong to Jesus. We have to live a life dead to sin. Paul goes on to say, uh, it says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We should not serve sin. We should not do the things that sin would want us to do. We should not do the things that we used to do. We've heard it down through the years, you know. After the Lord has delivered you, don't be like a dog returning to his vomit. It's nasty. Don't go back to that. We have to not serve sin. The Lord Jesus Christ has given us grace. He's shown us the light. That we should walk therein. Paul goes on to say, it says, For uh, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, died no more. It says, Death has no more dominion over him. It says, For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in the in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. We died to sin. When we were baptized in the name of Jesus, the name that represents the blood that was shed for us on Calvary's cross, we died to sin. We died to sin. We associated ourselves with Jesus Christ. 
You know, that's why it's so important not to just throw somebody in the water and not explain to them what they are doing. Explain to them what does baptism mean? You know, explain to them how this is going to change their life. It's not something to be played around with. You just throw somebody in water and they go back out and celebrate the way they used to celebrate. We did to that stuff. That old man is gone. That old man has no more power. Well, should not have power. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're being cleansed. The next step is to receive the Holy Ghost. That's the power. The power to overcome. The Lord told them to go and wait until they be endued with power from on high. The power they would need to overcome, to be witnesses. It says, ye should be witnesses unto me. He gave them that power. It goes on 11, 6 and 11, Romans 6 and 11 says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. 12 says, Let not therefore sin reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Don't let sin reign. Don't let sin reign. We know what sin is. We know right from wrong. You know, little kids, you know, little kids, they might get a pass because they're learning. But us adults, we know right from wrong. We know right from wrong. We know what sin is. You know, people try to say, well, I didn't know that was wrong to do. You knew it was wrong to do. Especially if you have the Holy Ghost. You know, the Lord will let you know. If we let the Holy Ghost lead and guide us, you know, we have that, that power. We have that power. And, and the old, the old um, saying goes, when in doubt, leave it out. When in doubt, leave it out. You know, and don't talk about your brother or sister. They don't want to do something that you think ain't, is okay. You know, they have to do what the Lord is leading them to do. But the main thing is, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Don't let sin be your master. That master is gone. We free. No more. The Lord Jesus Christ paid a terrible price for us. Now, every time I think about what the Lord has done, you know, all the the stripes, the whips that opened up his back, the crown of thorns that was placed on his head, being hung from a tree until all the blood came out. 
I know I, I say it often, but the, the scripture says his heart melted like wax because all the blood that was in him drank. That's how long he was up there. That takes a long time to hang up there and let all the blood drain out of your body. That's not like a quick thing. He was up there for a long time. He suffered. And don't think because he's God, he didn't feel none of that stuff. He came in this sinful flesh. He felt it all. He felt every whip. He felt every thorn. He felt every second of pain on that cross. And he did it for us. Hebrews says he did it for the joy that was set before him. He called us his joy. And he stayed there and he endured it. And he didn't come down. The song says he could have come down, but he chose not to come down. Why? For me and for you. He promised us in the garden that he would make a way for us. He promised us right there in the garden, in the midst of Adam and Eve disobeying the one commandment that he gave. He promised that he would make it right. And he did. And he did. He took the sting out of death, victory over the grave, that we might have a way to escape sin. See, the rich man opened his eyes in hell in his own personal flame because he didn't escape sin. He didn't live a life pleasing to Jesus. The scripture says he opened his eyes in his own flame. Lazarus was comforted in Abraham's bosom. He was comforted. You know, it's not, that's not a story. That's, that, that's a true story, brother. That's not a parable. That is a true story. You know, it'd be a sad thing to be in this all your life and not go back to Jesus. Thirteen says, neither yield your members as instruments un of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. 14 says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. But under grace. We're living under grace. We're living under the dispensation or period of time known as grace, which is God's unmerited favor shown towards the undeserving man. We don't know when this dispensation is going to wind up. You know, it's already been over 2,000 years, and the previous dispensations have lasted around that time. Now, you can say that the Lord Jesus Christ is so wonderful for allowing this dispensation to continue. You know, 
He's so wonderful for allowing this. Because it could be all gone. It could be all wound up. But he's allowing it to continue on. But the scripture lets us know that he's not going to be patient with us forever. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be he's long suffering. Yeah. He's long suffering. Mm-hmm. But there's going to come a time where judgment is going to begin. Yeah. And it's going to begin first with the saints. He's going to come for his church. He's going to come for his joy. And that's going to be the beginning of the end for this world. Don't be caught on the wrong side of the judgment. Don't be caught on the wrong side of the judgment. The standard is going to be righteousness. If you don't have righteousness, we still live under grace. As long as you're breathing, you have a chance to obtain it. Not your way. Not He says self-righteousness is filthy rags. Jesus' way. Repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Cry out to Jesus. Terry. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. His name is Jesus. The Lord's name is Jesus. It's the God of creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the word became flesh and dwell among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus. Saints, we owe the Lord everything. We owe him everything. We got to get it right. We've got to start, we got to examine ourselves. You know, don't look at what your friend is doing in the church. You know, we help each other, but look at yourself. Look at yourself. Jesus, what more can I do? Jesus, what else can I do? Is my life pleasing to you, Jesus? Am I living a life dead to sin, Jesus? Ask him. Go to him. Don't wait until it's too late. Because there's going to be no more can I, could I, would I. Please, more time. Go to him now. While you have a time. While you have a chance. He's the giver of life. He's the giver of life. We've got to be pleasing to Jesus, saints. Sin should not reign in our mortal bodies. 
we've got to accept the grace that the Lord Jesus Christ has provided for us and to us because he loves us. Take a long, hard look at yourself. You know, examine yourself against the word. Like, Jesus, what more can I do? <laughs>